unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, copywriters, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. And today, a return of a very special guest. Before we get into that, though, David, how are you doing today? I'm good, Nathan. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm glad to be back on the mic, and I'm stoked about today's return guest because uh, his previous his previous installment was one of my favorite episodes so far. Yeah, me too. Um, and not just you and me and, you know, Joshua. And, and by the way, Joshua, I don't know if I told you, but I got a like on my post from your daughter. So I thought that was really cool. Really? That's cool. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't usually get likes from two family members uh, nice. just because I'm such an acquired taste. But yeah, anyway, uh, thanks for coming back. And and Nathan, you remember we had Joshua on a few weeks ago when he talked about how his divorce and, and child custody requirements for his daughter virtually forced him to move quickly from another business he was in to copywriting. And we got a lot of response and appreciative comments on that show. And on that show, Joshua shared his empathy map process, which gets the copywriter very much in tune with the prospect thinking and feeling. And it's something all copywriters need to do, whether they use his process or a different one. But I'm sad to say not not everyone does. Before we get into what we're going to be talking about today, I want to ask Joshua a question. So I remember reading an interview with Eminem, and he was talking about uh, the situation with his daughter and his baby's mama was really what put him over the edge and made him realize he had to make his music work for him. Um, and I've read that a lot, that having a child and having a situation where the stability of the children is, is up in the air and um, having that brick wall moment is is what really pushes someone into success. How how much do you relate with that? Oh no, a lot. Like I was headed to prison before my daughter was born. <laughs> I joined the or I enlisted in the uh, military as the way out, and then I got like a disbarred whenever I found out she was going to be born. So after that, it was kind of like a wake up moment where like this is real. And then I, that's when I started my SEO business. But then after all the divorce and stuff, that's when I was like, okay, this is really real. It's on me now. And that was like the shift. But yeah, Eminem, all of his music during all of that time, it was definitely relatable. Nice. Okay. I wanted to ask that last time, but I didn't get a chance to. And I had to, I had to get it in this time. David, thank you for entertaining me on that. Oh, you're welcome. And I, I think it proves an important point, not trying to get too intellectual about this, but um, I think it was Nietzsche originally, and, and then some people like Jim Rohn and a lot of MLM people say um, any, any, um, any what is easy when you, when you have a big enough why, and, right. you know, big enough reason. And boy, I mean, your own daughter, what could be a bigger yeah. reason than that, right? When it's, when it's bigger than you, you have no choice. You just do it every day. Yeah, but well, anyway, let's get into what we're talking to today because it's almost as good. I'm not sure we'll ever be able, we may have already, you know, reached peak podcast with that last one, Nathan, <laughs> but, uh, but this is still pretty good um, because today Joshua is going to talk about how he closes, and it, it may be due to the fact that he 
freaking has to. He closes 80% of the prospects he talks to, and he's going to explain how he does it. And I'm really excited to hear what he has to say. But everyone should be excited, as I am, as I remind you that copy is powerful, and you're responsible for how you use what you hear in this podcast. Most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health and finance and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. So Joshua, glad to have you back. Thanks again for coming. And let's let's just jump in with this, okay? Yeah, definitely. Cool. So one thing you do in your process that seems very smart to me is you make sure your prospect has an offer that makes sense by itself, like pre-copywriter, an offer that makes sense by itself before you're even willing to consider them as a client. And this makes sense to me because really without a compelling offer, no client can be successful no matter how good the copywriter is. And the copywriter should not have to reinvent a a prospect's business or invent it in the first place, you know? Um, So that's why I think your idea is good. But could you talk about how you evaluate someone's offer when you're talking about working together and what you look for? So yeah, you're exactly right in that. It's like the, I, I consider it a gatekeeper. Like there's a lot of hurdles that people have to overcome in business mm-hmm. before they can even make that first sale. And if they're able to get to that point to where they're sale, selling, that's when a copywriter can come. Wait, wait, wait. Can, can I slow you down? Because you said something really profound that I've never heard anyone say before. As I think about it, it's perfect, but I'd just like you to spend a minute or two, there are a number of hurdles someone has to get over in their business before they can even make their first sale. Could you like give a brief rundown of what you mean? I mean, like without getting into conspiracy theory, we're all programmed to be employees. You've got to overcome that brainwashing and and family, society, um, religion, everything that's been programmed into us Love it. business will beat it out of us. Like you've got to embrace greed. And most people believe greed is bad, mm-hmm. but as long as you're giving value and you're delivering everything you say, your clients, they're happy. You have to be greedy. You have to get as much money as you can because okay. you're, you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not. So there's just like all of that unprogramming has to happen and you can't be a therapist. It's, that's what it boils down to is you end up dealing right. with their ups and downs and, People that already are already selling are focused on selling more. And that's the space that you want to be in. With right, it's right. It's a fun place I'll, to work from. I'll, I'll say I don't entirely agree with you about greed, but I I, under, I agree with, I think, where you're coming from. Uh, you, you definitely got to get past any inhibitions about making Correct. money. Yeah. But, but anyway, we don't need to argue about that. And yeah, I, just, I may just justify it to myself that way, too. I mean, and, I never and, and, and then you, you got another mouth to feed, right? Oh, and yeah. That, that's right. a whole... Whole another dynamic. Okay, um, but um, let's let's get back to the uh, first, or not the first, but this initial early step in your process. What what are you looking for um, in terms of an offer that that somebody? I know I interrupted you, but but no, please continue. Fine. That's I would say I want to 
I got to be able to talk to them naturally. Um, that's the first. Their offer, I've got to see an emotional need. Like I have to see their prospects having some type of stress and pain that's going to cause them to seek it out. Um, because you can introduce a problem to people, but it takes more work than it does for somebody that's just flipped a switch and they're like, okay, I have this problem. What can I do to fix it? They're ready to be educated and sold. Um, Good. So I yeah. want to see the emotion behind that. Um, I want to see that the entrepreneur is, is making money. They're stable, um, that they trust me to do what I do, that they're too busy doing everything else that they have to do to bother me. Um, and they'll let me work. It's like, it's just the general feeling of who they are as a person and kind of how you see the relationship going, weighing out. Do you believe it's worth the money or not? Yeah. I mean, what, what you're saying is, is, is straight talk, really good, good salt of the earth wisdom. Let me, let me muck it up as a copywriter and, and, and try and put it in some simple metaphors. Okay. okay. I, don't, I don't mean to muck it up, but you're I mean, it, you're, you're saying your job is not to be a wizard and come in and, and take a bunch of pieces of broken glass on the floor and make it into a beautiful sculpture. Your business is not to be an EMT and, and find a business that's on life support and, you know, restore it to good health. Your job is to take something that's working and really push it up to the sky. Yeah, mine is to build a robot that polishes the Sistine Chapel. That's Ooh. the Sistine Chapel's already there. I want to help them automate keeping it beautiful. That's I love it. That, that I've never heard anything like that before, and I really love it. But then you're a copywriter too, actually. All three of us is copywriters. So yeah. okay. So yeah, I mean, if it's already selling, you're just—it's so easy to get results for them, and you look like a rock star, and they love you for it, and they refer you, and it's just like that's when it works—is when they've got an offer that sells, and that's why I do it that way. That's the gatekeeper. It's great. That's great. So that's their business and their offer, and then there's the client themselves, right? The person yeah. they're working with, and I know I've made mistakes. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Nathan's made this mistake at least once of of jumping into a project with a client before I really check the client out, only discovering that I can't work with that person. But you have a way of evaluating people um, to make sure it's going to be a fit. I mean, it's not like you're getting married to them or they're going to be your best friend, but you need to be able to work, or maybe it is, I don't think it. It isn't, you know, for me, it isn't for most people, I don't think. But maybe, maybe you need to find out that you can communicate with them, you can work with them. What, what are you looking for? That I can sit down and have a beer with them. That they're like, yeah, they're just not going to be a pain in my ass. That's really, I'm really just looking for reasons to not work with them, red flags. What, what are some of those red flags, if, if you don't mind sharing? Uh, they need it done now. As soon as they as soon as they question my rates, that's it. Um, if they're worried about money like that, it's not going to work out because we can't be worried about money. You've got to be worried about how much we're going to make on the back end. You can be a pain in my ass that way with the numbers, mm -hmm. but up front, it's not. Um, so, yeah, just find out. Like, just continually, I guess, be who you are unapologetically. Mm -hmm. And that will bring out the red flags. You're going to find people that just don't agree with your personality. And the more you are who you are, the faster you're going to figure that out, I guess. 
Yeah, so I, I guess what you're saying is it's not like you have this 17-point checklist. It's more like you're monitoring your gut, right? Yeah. You're, you're talking to him and it says, this does not feel right. I mean, I've overridden that uh, uh, to uh, to my chagrin. I mean, I've I've overridden that feeling. I did recently. Even my business partner. I mean, she does my prospecting now. Like she pre-qualifies them. So by the time I talk to them, it's just figuring out the details and which angles we're taking. But one client slipped through, and before he got to us, he was the perfect prospect. I mean, trusted us completely. And as soon as the invoices were paid, which we both mentioned that we had red flags and we ignored it because we swung for the fences. And I mean, we invoiced for seven or eight times our normal rate. And he was like, okay, let's go. Well, as soon as that happened, he wanted to get on a call every Monday or Tuesday morning, which I don't do. I'm not a morning person, let alone doing weekly calls for updates and where are we at? And then those calls devolved into changes of directions. And then me and my business partner were blamed. So after six weeks of this, I finally told him, like, look, you're done. We're done listening to you. You hired us because we're the professionals. This is what I'm doing, whether you like it or not. I'm going to deliver the results. And once we've got numbers, then we'll decide where we're going next. Other than that, I don't want to hear from you. Again, like any problem you've got, take it to Becky. If she considers it a problem, I will deal with it. Other than that, I'm off limits. And how did he respond to that? He told me he would get a boxing ring for me. <laughs> like He threatened to whoop my ass. But uh-huh. I, mean, I mean, it didn't quite like I wasn't very as punctual because I was frustrated with it. We put in six weeks of hard work and we were trying to save it every time we tried to save it. He tried to devolve it even further and it was like a losing battle, but it was too much money to refund. So we were, I overrid my judgment and uh, it was a painful reminder why we don't do that. Okay, uh, really good lesson. I've been there too and um, yeah, all right. So, so that's, that's good. All right, let's, let's, uh, let's talk about, okay, so hopefully you're not gonna, not gonna um, make that mistake too much anymore. Um, no. You know, we've, we've, we've all been there. So. Uh, you, you have another step and, you know, forgetting about the story with that client where he was already a client, but this is, this is before someone becomes a client. You've, you've checked them out. You, you, you've, number one, you've checked out the offer. Number two, you've uh, checked out the person, their style and, uh, and uh, you know, how compatible that's going to be. Mm-hmm. Right. And then number three, even intermediate step after they make it over your offer and, your, can I work with his client hurdles? And before you actually take them on as a full client, could you describe that step and how it works and why you do it? So are you referring to like the paid consultations, yeah. making them jump through that hoop? Okay. So yeah. yeah. So we charge $500 an hour. That's for the very first hour that it gets rid of 90% of the people that can't see the vision. So Um, or that don't trust us, have some sort of trust already built in for us. I mean, you got to overcome objections when you're asking for this much money. It's going to happen. But if they don't trust you out of the gate, at least a little bit, it's going to be so hard to sell them. So the the $500 an hour makes people step back, whoa. And then it also forces them to evaluate their business. We call it 
stepping up to the plate. I mean, I was going to say a little raunchier words, but I'm trying to keep it family PG. Um, All right. But yeah, stepping up to the plate when they commit to that $500. That's right. Your daughter might be listening to this one too. Yeah, yeah you're right. Um, I got to keep that in mind. So they, <laughs> they go into it knowing that we are going to dial in their entire marketing strategy on that call. We are going, they're going to have a recorded call with notes of everything they need for the next five years in their business. So it's an investment. Okay. Oh, let me stop here. So somebody hearing this who doesn't understand the full context of what's going on might think that arrogant son of a gun, you know, he's, he's making them pay to, uh, for him to consider whether there'll be a client. But what you're doing them is delivering value, which I would, I would honestly say is worth much more than $500 to someone with a real business. Oh yeah, no, it is. Every one of them is elated by the time we get off the call, but it's, it's another one of those things like that arrogance thing. You've got to be a little arrogant. I mean, and most people aren't comfortable with that. So you've got to overcome that hurdle, but yeah, we, it's, it's made to get them it, it refocuses their brain. And this is where, as a copywriter, when you're selling a client, you always have to be performing because you don't want to tell them, I'm a badass. Look at what I can do. You want to show them. They know that they're getting sold the entire time, but they love watching you work. Right. Because as, as well as you're going to sell yourself to them, you're going to be selling them to the world. So they want to see it, right? It's not like, oh, I'm going to turn on the copywriter now. Oh, see, I'm just a normal, nice guy who likes to watch whales and count pebbles on the beat. No, 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 no. No, you're always performing, and they love that. And that's part of the sales process is they can see you perform, and they know that they're getting closer and closer to opening their wallet. And it's like they want to see the grand finale. How are you going to get them to pay that invoice? And as soon as you do, they let go of any distrust that they had in you. Like they let you just take over and deliver. And th th this is so different than anything I've ever heard anyone say. And this is so close to reality. It's impressive, maybe scary, but definitely impressive. When you have some copy and the performance of the copy is mission critical, who are you going to call? Not Ghostbusters. They don't do copy critiques last time I checked. A lot of people, from the most advanced to the up-and-coming copywriters, reach out to me. I do copy critiques. One client, Brett Alcorn, has hired me 20 times. Yep, 20 times. That's because on the very first critique I did for him, he doubled his conversions on a video sales letter. Every month, I do a handful of critiques for GKIC members. These are copywriters and small business owners who are trained and experienced, but they need another set of experienced eyes to go over their copy to take it to the next level. One A-lister told me I go over copy like an IRS auditor. Now, I wasn't sure whether to take that as a compliment or not, but he assured me it was. He said I can find the one flaw or several flaws in copy that no one else was able to and make winning suggestions on how to fix them. So when you need a copy critique, just go to garfinkelcoaching.com and click on the services tab, garfinkelcoaching.com for a critique. Thank you. And now back to the show. But yeah, and I mean, on the call, it's a sales call too, but it's also their strategy call because I know by that point, I usually want to work with them, but it's also me still feeling them out. So I ask them, like I take them back, um, what have they tried already? 
and how did that turn out? And most of the time it was painful. So they're feeling that pain of them struggle of doing it themselves. And they're kind of wrapping their heads around it. And then I'm like, okay, well, what do you see for your business? What's your plans? Um, what's your next step? Um, what does working together look like to you? If I could deliver these same results in your business, what would that mean for you and your family? What, how would that change your life? And then they start speaking in their own words, owning it. And then by the end of the call, you want them to be in a position where they're like, well, I mean, would you even want to take this work? Do you have time on your schedule to fit this in? Can we work together? And that's like, it's, it's kind of slimy. And I, I say I should feel bad about it, but at the end goal, it's for me to deliver them results and it's stuff like it's a performance. So, well, if you were conning them, you should feel bad about it, but you're not, you're providing value. And suddenly you're showing you're one of a handful of people who can, you know, really, um, it, to them, it looks like create money out of thin air. In reality, you're just uh, methodically, but, but very expertly applying certain marketing principles that can grow their business at a, you know, slope like that, 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 you know, most people never seen. And so, yeah, I understand how, uh, it, it might feel a little weird. And by the same token, it's just human nature. Suddenly you have notched yourself up in, in status to right. something close to your real value. You may be even more valuable than they see at that point. Yeah. And the whole time, like that's it, the whole time that $500 call at first they thought it was expensive, but by the end they're screaming your name from the rooftops and, mm -hmm. and it's, I mean, there's just, yeah, like you said, it's very finely tuned. And, and I even still, it blows me away that it, it works the way it does. But it doesn't involve any of that scammy positioning and branding crap and trying to. Yeah, so so you don't like buy clip art showing a picture of your uh, Ferrari in Thailand for your marketing or anything like that? Man, I'm trying to find a $500 Miata right now to build. I don't need the damn Ferrari. I'll go rent some one of theirs because they're so in debt and beat the hell out of it and give it back to me. Okay. And not even uh, take pictures. I mean, <laughs> All right. Very, very different um, approach. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So um, you, still have, you still have one step after the paid consultation. I think this is even before you close the deal, right? Is that true? You said something about um, sell, get them to sell themselves to you by asking the right questions. Oh, right. Yeah. Like um, you want them to prove to you that their offer is good, that they have the, that they've done the research, that they can completely fill out the empathy map that we talked about in the last episode that they, because I believe business owners are the best copywriters. They just don't know how to write copy. So, but they can give a good copywriter everything they need to, I mean, build a rocket ship. So that if they, they need to fill all of that out. And by doing that, they are realizing that they're giving you information that they don't know what oh. in the world you're doing with. Oh, okay. So, so this, this step is having them fill out your empathy map, right? Right. Yeah. They have to give me all of the information. And that's when we get on the strategy call, we dial that in and figure out which angles they are supposed to take when they write their next copy. Because again, I'm not taking their work on. They just managed to get me on the phone at that point. Um, okay. So we're dialing in 
the angles that they need to take with their emails, with their so ads. I, I, I'm going to give you a really renegade um, interpretation of what you do. You're, you're actually one of their best friends and, and, you know, most uh, valuable teachers maybe that they've ever met in their life, but you're not, you're not coming across that way. You're, you're giving them tough love and a little cocky, a little arrogant. Mm -hmm. And maybe for some people, uh, especially entrepreneurs who, you know, are not always the most compliant, appreciative people, uh, that's the only way to get their attention. Yeah, you have to be that way. They expect that if you're meek at all, like I just had a guy approach me this morning. I felt bad for it, but I was being in a douchebag mood. Mm -hmm. He uh, approached me wanting me to send my clients to him. And he promised that he only got paid when he delivered results. And I'm like, okay, that sounds good. But everybody that's done that is just wasting my time because they don't know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> and uh, he was like, well, the clients that work with us don't need convincing. Um, we only get paid when we deliver. I mean, whatever, man, like, you're wasting my time. So the hell out of here. Like, mm -hmm. it's, if, if I saw through that, I immediately saw, well, you don't believe in yourself. Get the hell out of here. I'm not letting you waste my time. I've been through this before. And other A types that I work with, which is another personality type, if they, if they have more going on than their business, they're going to leave you alone and let you work. And they understand the value of the bottom line, the, the metrics. They only care about the end result at the end of the month. As long as those are good, you're good. They keep paying invoices. Like, but they won't work with anybody that is not confident. I mean, I could, you could sell them with just confidence alone if you don't have results. And they'll take a chance on you. Just because you believe in yourself enough. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll kick your it. ass afterwards, but they right. probably won't sue you. I mean, right. they'll just say, but you're right. No. Yeah. They'll take it as a lump too, but they, if you get them to believe in you the way you believe in yourself, you don't really, I mean, they'll take a chance on you. So don't think you have to have results out of the gate. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, so then someone makes it through all of your gateways and you take them on. And you don't do what a lot of my copywriter friends, some good ones, some waiting to become good ones do, which is sit around and stew and wait for the full moon so they can bay at the moon. You, you do some, just the opposite, don't you? Oh, no, I jump on it right away. Like I want them so sold that as soon as we get off the phone, they pay the invoice. That way I can start working. Um, while it's fresh um, and then my business partner will give me the video if I need to uh, touch back on anything that we talked about but I just want to brain dump every idea that I had in my head while we were on the phone together while it's the freshest and then sort it out after um, yeah you know I have an old friend uh, maybe if you're listening hi Michael uh, Dr. Michael Hudson who who said that one of his issues which you probably have i think you found a really good way around it i've had he's had is you go into a client they they could be like an ordinary um uh you know traditional business or you know complicated entrepreneurial business you've been there done that as a consultant 5 10 15 100 times and in 10 minutes you know what the problem is right. 10 minutes you got the whole thing wired and you're right it's not like you're uh, high on your own fumes. It's like, you know, mm -hmm. um, and, and of course he said, there's only, you know, some way to charge $10,000 for that 10 minutes. Cause it's worth it to the client. Right. But you're, you're looking at it 
you're looking at the same situation a little differently, which is basically you've got the whole thing figured out now and you'll probably never be at that peak Joshua point again with this client because this is that moment in time. And the only thing you can do with it is start to work with it and apply it if you want to capture it. Otherwise, it's just going to be a slow push uphill later to get to the same point you're at right now. Am I, am I reading that sort of right? No, absolutely. Like that one client, um, that's why it got so heated that I refunded all of that money. It was because we took six weeks and then he was still kind of expecting a campaign. Well, at that point, we've had so much wasted energy go into it. You can't go back to that original spot where we were all ecstatic, like ready to make money. I mean, we were all going to kill this. That was a point when you get results. By the time it's devolved into a pissing match, you're not getting anything done. Or if you've waited a week, two weeks, because you were just out enjoying the money you just put in your bank account, you're not going to get back to that original space again. Yeah, I, I save pissing matches for Facebook. I don't use them to, <laughs> with my clients. There's no point in doing that. Okay, well, well, that's really good. And then there's one other thing you do, which some of us do maybe sporadically. Some people seem to forget to do it. It seems like it's part of your system to follow up that you do simple, you want to talk about that? And I'm, I'm talking, of course, about your uh, results-focused testimonial. Yeah, yeah that's uh, part of the closing process is anytime, and, and that's something else too. You mentioned how do you charge $10,000 for 10 minutes. I don't mm-hmm. sell people custom campaigns. My clients think they're getting custom campaigns, but it's the same thing every time. A landing page, a retargeting ad, a sales page, follow-up sequence, cold ads. And it's the same thing. So I can, whenever I tell them something, I'm like, yeah, we did this for this big names campaign. He was dealing with the exact same thing. And these are the results that we got. This is his testimonial. Look what he said about it. And that testimonial was, was gotten. Oh man, that is smart. Like there's a lot of copy in there. I'm glad you picked that up. That's pretty cool. Um, But it's whenever they're in that moment, like as soon as they get off the strategy call, if you can analyze that you guys aren't going to work together, they can't afford you because some of them will come out and say, man, I wish we could work together, but I just, I can't afford your rates. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I'm good for $500 an hour. Next time you need help, let me know. And we'll get you to the point to where we can blow this up together. And it's, you, you can, um, I, don't, I guess I kind of forget where I was going with that, but well, you're talking about the testimonials initially. Oh, right, right. Yeah, you can get them to, like I said earlier, shout your name from the rooftops, and sometimes you can get them to do it in video. And then anytime somebody like doesn't trust you or anything, like you can send them that. And because the client was emotional over the moon with you in the moment, that cannot be faked. It's you can't fake it. Or after you've delivered a campaign and you've gotten results, there's going to be two different steps. One, when you deliver the actual copy, the client is going to love you for it. They're going to say they can't wait to implement it and get that. And then the next one is going to be when you get the results. They're going to talk about the numbers or the revenue or whatever. Get that too, because they play into different parts of the sales process because there's different emotions. Like some people want to feel what it's like to just get the copy delivered. That's their ultimate win. They don't care about the results. They may never publish the copy, but that's not on you. Um, and then others are like, okay, I need this big break. This copywriter could be the guy, but I've heard this so many times. 
they want to see from big names that are like, yeah, this guy just crushed it on a sales letter on a $2,000 product for me. And you don't have to, you don't have to sell them. You're just showing them like, this is what I've done. It was exactly like yours. I can do it for you, but you've got to pay the invoice. I don't start till you start. And that's. Wow. So, and then, yeah. And I mean, like, yeah, just grab testimonials at each part of the way. If they can't afford you, once you deliver the copy, if they can afford you, and then once you've delivered results. You, you know what you've done? You've taken what a lot of us do, a lot of my clients do, um, a lot of my friends do in the copywriting community, but they're sort of allergic to systems and they constantly need novelty. They want to, you know, uh, not reinvent the wheel, but you know, like some great classical composer, always have a variation on a theme. And you said, now, yeah, this is business. And, you know, I'm going to make it as efficient and, and effective, both for my client and even more important for myself and my family right. as possible. I love that. I mean, and, and right. And that, like when my kindergarten teacher asked me what I wanted to do, I said, I don't know, whatever pays me the most for doing the least. And like, I am the world's laziest bastard ever. And that's what my business revolves around is the path of least resistance. How can I get the most done, which puts the most money in my pocket in the least amount of time without feeling like I'm having to work for it? Because I hate work. I really do. Okay. Well, um, so I, I want to say this. Nathan's usually the one who says this, but if there's anybody who's a copywriter, if you're listening to this and you're not making enough money or closing enough deals, you need to listen to this three or four times. Not all of my questions and, and gushing and observations, but, but what Josh was saying. Uh, th this, is, this is gold. I can't thank you enough. I really appreciate it. Uh, I, I want to point out that you reached out to do this. I think there must be, like, maybe in your pinky, this tiny altruistic bone, as much of a hard ass as you sound like you are. Well, no, see, like, um, I had, when I had my first business, I had to fire an employee. She cost me, like, $6,000. So, and that was, I'm ruthless. Like, I will teach you and I will work with you, but you get one shot at costing me money and you got to go. So we talked for like two hours and I'm like, look, I will, I will help you out. Like, here's a little bit more to get you through. Um, and she told me like, I'm the most compassionate asshole she's ever met. There's your USP. You should put that on your card. Joshua Killingsworth, the most compassionate asshole you've ever met. Right. Yeah. So like everything I do is selflessly selfish. I'm doing it for me at the end of the day. Um, but it's selfless. I, I love helping. I love doing it, but it's because it makes me feel good. All right. I'm going to say something else. Never, I've never met anyone like you before. I've met people who are somewhat like you, but you're, you're, you're an original. I really appreciate this. This is awesome. No, I appreciate that. That's pretty cool. All right. I think we ought to wrap it up, right, Nathan? Yeah. So Joshua, where can people go to connect with you and find out more about what you do? Yeah, on Facebook. Um, I'm writing a book uh, about to my processes for freelancing all of that good stuff um so hopefully it's out sooner than later um but other than that yeah i guess just facebook if you see me around um, so look up joshua killingsworth on facebook yeah all right work. well hey i want to say uh thank you again for coming on fantastic interview david you're about to make me obsolete over here uh 
only only when we have a guest as unusual as Joshua, and considering how unusual he is, it doesn't happen very often. Come on, Nathan. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you both. This has been another fantastic episode. David, what do we got coming up next week? Well, next week, we're going to talk about story magic, the secret behind really compelling sales stories nobody talks about. And look, I, I've taken all the courses in Hollywood and seen what most everyone else has written about story. Uh, this is stuff no one talks about. So people have to be looking forward to the next show. They have Uh-oh. to. No choice. Okay. All right. I can't wait. Joshua, again, thank you. David, we will catch you later. Okay. See you next week. Before we go, a quick question. Would you like to have me as a guest on your podcast? Let me give you an easy way to contact me about that. We've put up a form on garfinkelmedia.com, and it won't take much more than a minute to fill it out. So if you'd like to have me on your show, just go to garfinkelmedia.com and fill out the form. That's garfinkelmedia.com. Thanks, and see you next time on the Copywriters Podcast.